Jay, can you talk some more about what you just said in the sofa? You said it's easy to find harmony in the self, but not in the manifested world. Mm. Oh, because usually this uh, that realm, realm of uh, manifestation, has got so many elements, so many factors, so much interplay of opposites. You see. So, if you look for harmony among, among, because why we why I was speaking about it like this is that we've been working a little bit on a small garden outside here as you come in, and so we are trying different plants, putting some things, put some rocks, put some screen, trying, and there's a sort of uh, to to feel when you reach a place of harmony. Mm-hmm. And my own self will work a bit like this. Um, many times just looking without doing anything. Mm-hmm. And not looking so much with the mind uh, um, striving, mm-hmm. but more just to be quiet and feel to feel feel something there. And it comes more and more clear uh, sometimes at like this. But sometimes you just have to push things around. Then you plant some trees, and oh, it's very good. But later you take it out again. Say mm-hmm. no, it doesn't belong here. Now it's constantly changing, but it's growing more, more beautiful, more harmonious. And at some point you will feel okay, okay, now leave this. And then maybe in three weeks you look again and you think ah no, maybe I have to move this one or something. <laughs> but in the self you don't have to do that. It's easier to come to that harmony because there are not many things to compare. In the outer world, in the manifest world of forms, names, feelings, emotion, time, relationship, imagination, all of these speculation, knowledge, ignorance, identity, so much factors. How to how to find harmony? Easy. Then also each each element, each factor is always moving, changing somehow, and also the one who is perceiving them is also changing. So everything seems a bit unstable. So when the one discovers the inner harmony, which is natural, the harmony which does not have to be maintained by a human being, it simply is. When that is discovered. That harmony is informing every other aspect or facet of your expression spontaneously, like this. You are not doing anything, and one sees how exquisite, how simple it is, the cosmic uh, vibration or current that we call existence, when it is free from this personal idea or idea. The person itself is inconsistent, and and is not in harmony. Momentary harmony, but again disharmony, because the person is shaped by many concepts. <laughs> concepts are mental, and the mind is always relative or unstable. These are th- really good things to grasp. So I say the self is the easiest. The reality is the easiest. If you don't catch it, everything becomes difficult. <laughs> so. Isn't it great? Better than the other way around. Uh, that what is real is the most difficult, and then the the external is easy. <laughs> no, the external, what we 
for the moment we're calling external because we have externalized our own identity. So then we we perceive our external world, and then when you are internal, the world is internal also. But then at a certain point, you are beyond even external or internal. You know? mm-hmm. These concepts become more vague, more distant for you. Then what will you see? <laughs> the paradox is that the truth, you know, human being find most complex, most elusive. You see. And yet, it is the most simple thing. What is true, what is, is the most simple, because it is already established in itself. Nothing can contribute to it. No human intellect can contribute to improve the beingness which is already perfect. One can only discover. You cannot perfect. Even the attempt to perfect is itself a fault. So it is sublimely simple. What is difficult is to try and use the mind to get it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh. So. I, I came to that place and. I see that everything is in service, even if like everything is in service, but not for ego. Mm-hmm. Just for I am in in the world. Yeah. I need to find the way, and actually, it's like world is here, mm-hmm. and I'm just. We must understand what we mean when we say world, because this is not a solid thing. The world is not a, a solid, measurable, objective phenomenon. World has many meanings. Sometimes world means our private world, and everyone's world is private. Is everybody's world the same size? The earth is one thing. Worlds are very different. World is the earth. You may say is a, you even not correct to say it is a you know a physical thing. Even is not correct because we think you know the earth is measurable, dependable. You can somehow you know evaluate it, but this is not true at all. It's not a fixed thing. It's constantly changing also. But the world. Earth is, you may say, it is conceived of as being physical thing, phenomenon. But the world, you say the world, this is a psychological phenomenon, <laughs> mixed with ideas of physicality, also our own conditioning, education, fantasy, identity. All of this is contributing to a world that is very much a felt place and very unique and very private because the world that we are living is inside ourselves but even the physical world is inside ourselves who is going to even agree with that such a thing when we are conceived of that we are the body then the body has a particular size at different time even the body's size is always changing to me it seems like like the whole universe would fit in there yes if you take yourself to be body 
then of course this statement that the world is inside you seems completely ridiculous thing. Hmm? Hmm. Or you can say the universe is inside you if you think you are just a physical body. Hmm? If you eat two pizzas, you're already full. How can you put the whole universe inside you? Do you see? <laughs> so it must be something else, no? If somebody, the one who is conceived of themselves, yes, the universe is inside me. Obviously, is not meaning in any physical way. It must be that the world is perceived inside me. I must become consciousness. Cannot be just body. But isn't it the other way around? Where where? Yeah. Everything but a body. No, everything, including body. Mm. Yeah. Not except body, as well mm. as body. But the body is only more a limited and time-bound um, expression of our total existence, Vehicle. and it is always changing. Also, suppose we knew all the things in all the spiritual books. We read all of them. We comprehend. We understand. We may even have some experiences happen. Mm-hmm. Huh? We read all the best spiritual books from any culture, any language, any tradition, any line of spiritual uh, philosophy or uh, thinking, and you comprehend them fully. Mm. Is it enough to realize the self? Mm. In some ancient text, it says, uh, "The king, a king, everybody bows at the foot of a king." The king doesn't bow to anybody. You see, then it said, "This king is bowing at the feet of an illiterate sage." Meaning, one doesn't have any knowledge, hasn't gone to university, doesn't know anything at all. The king himself is bowing at his feet. Why is this? The king doesn't bow to anybody. Even queen, he doesn't bow to. Always going to bow to us, naked sage. Everybody else wants something from the king. Uh, some of you might have heard me tell this story, which I enjoy. <laughs> I enjoy the story that there was once one uh, one king, and he was very much attracted to spirituality and spiritual philosophy, of meeting wise people, wise beings, and discussing. You know the nature of existence and so on. This was his thing. This is this kind of king he was. He loved having satsang. He always invited all the wise people from any country. He would he would uh, invite them to talk and to dis- have discourses on the nature of existence and to speak about enlightenment like that. And also he had a sense of humor. He was a very nice king. You know? So anyhow. He himself considers himself as a seeker of truth. So, one day, one naked sage came to the door of the palace, and he knocked on the door. Boom, 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 boom. So then a guard came to the door, opens the window, and looks out. No, and he sees this naked one, hairy bubble, <laughs> completely long fingernails, but no clothes on. So he says, "Yes, can I help you?" So he says, "I have an appointment with King, no? with the King." He says, "Yeah." So he says, "One moment." So he went into the King, who was sitting there with a few friends, and he says, uh, "Your Majesty, there is a naked man outside. 
like a, looks like a, one of these uh, monks or something. And he says he has an appointment with you. So the king says, Naked man. He says, Yes, uh, Your Majesty. So, uh, what rank is he? Who is he to come here naked? You know? I say, Okay. So the, the guard goes back to the door. He opens the window. He looks at him. He says, He says, uh, What rank are you? So he says, No rank. Close the door and goes back to the king. Your Majesty, he says, there is no, he has no rank. So now the king's sense of humor is coming. He says, ah, it's one of my, one of my close uh, associates. No, so the king sends a message. You know, he said, um, are you one of the king's uh, ministers? So, the guard goes to the door, opens, says, are you one of the king's ministers? So the Baba is standing there. He says, higher than that. <laughs> higher than minister. Okay, one moment. Runs back to the king and says, Your Majesty, he says, he's higher than minister. The king says, higher than minister? <laughs> is he one of my counselors? Ask him. So he goes back. Uh, the king asks you, are you one of his counselors? He says, uh, Higher than that. <laughs> Higher than counselor, looking naked, no? Goes back. So, Your Majesty, he says, Higher than counselor. The king says, Higher than counselor. Is he one of my most intimate advisor? He goes, Are you one of the king's intimate advisors? Higher than that. That. Okay, go back. My lord, he says, higher than that. He says, higher than that. Naked. Okay, let me think. <laughs> one of my uh, one of my generals, one of my generals is playing a trick on me. Ask him if he's my general. He goes to the door, he opens. The king asks, Are you one of his generals? Higher than that, he goes. He goes back. He says, "My lord," he says, "Higher than uh, general. Higher than general. Higher than general is who? Oh, my God, is he a prophet?" Oh, he goes back to the door, opens. Are you a prophet? He asked. Him. And there's a little glint in his eye. He says, "Higher than that." Higher than the prophet. <laughs> then he says, Oh my God, maybe. Ask him, is he a king from another country? <laughs> His Majesty asks you, Are you a king from another country? She says, uh, Higher than that. So he came back and says, My Lord, he says, Higher than the king from another country. Higher than the king from another country. Higher than a prophet. Ask him, is he God? <laughs> so he goes down to the door, open, he says, Are you God? He relaxes, and says, Higher than that. <laughs>
So he ran to the king. The, the guard is completely a bit tired now. He says, My lord. Say, what is it? What is it? Uh, he says, higher than that. So the king now he, get, he start to feel some pumping. He says, higher than God. Oh, the king gets up and he he goes himself now with the guard. So he looks out and he opens the door and looks out at this blazing Baba. He says, higher than God. Nothing is higher than God. Then the Baba says, ah, this I am. Then what happened now is the king was so struck by this encounter, because he never heard anybody say this, that all his power left him, all his strength left him. And he was quite a big guy. And suddenly, like he fainted. He couldn't take it was too too much knowledge for him, too much power. Mm-hmm. Then also the guards had to come and carry him to his bedroom because he had no power, his power gone. Then he was in his bed for nearly one week. He couldn't move, couldn't move. He was completely exhausted by the force of this encounter, no? Mm-hmm. Then after one week he was getting up out of bed. Then his attendants went, Oh, my Lord, they went and got his royal robe. My Lord, put your robe on. The king says, No, 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 no. I cannot do this again now. I cannot put this again now. Right now, I must go to find that one now. I have to go and find and serve that one that is higher than everything. I must find him, you see. He says, Put this robe on to my son. I am off. This is the story. You see. Who can say such thing higher than any thought, any idea you may have? Higher than your highest idea. Which one can have that confidence to not confidence, not even confidence. It's not confidence. There's another word I cannot find what it is. Not even conviction. Not even conviction. The one who knows the truth is beyond even conviction, you see. It's in direct experience. This is how one has to be sure about the truth. Not mentally sure, you know, not confident. Not even, not even convinced. Not even convinced. Beyond even conviction. Uh, then the state of such a one, nobody can describe it. They don't have any fear about existence. Superficial things, but deeply nothing. Knowing that everything is only a manifestation of the waking consciousness, of the dynamic consciousness. Everything is only images, forms, momentary appearances in that consciousness, and that even consciousness itself is an appearance. Who is the witness of consciousness? 
This one has no students, does not know even master or disciple, does not even care for scripture. But let us not be arrogant. First, you have to finish off yourself, finish off our attachments and our love story with illusions. Then who knows what will come out of your mouth? Not just your mouth, out of your pores even. Even the pores, even the pores in the body are like little mouths speaking. <laughs> First your house has to be swept clean so that there's no tenant in there, not even you. Who will understand these things? Mm. 